Welcome to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce with Cindy Stibbard. Cindy is ready to have those candid and unfiltered conversations so you know how to move forward in your marriage. You'll hear inspiring and insightful discussions surrounding this taboo subject to help you feel confident in your decision. Now, here's your host, Cindy Stibbard. Welcome back. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Divorce Redefined, Changing the Experience of Divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Stibbard. I can't believe the holidays are upon us. Honestly, it comes so fast every year. December hits. Usually it's my birthday. Well, always it's my birthday at the beginning of the month. And then Christmas comes so fast. And the next thing we know, we are into January. So I always love this time of year. It's always my favorite time of year, not only because Christmas is my favorite holiday, but I love to be able to plan for the new year. I'm not someone who does resolutions, but I am someone who really looks back on how this last year was and what are the things that I want to do differently coming up. And my 2022 was, I don't know about you, but it was kind of all over the place. There was a lot of ups and downs. There were a lot of opportunities that were amazing. And then there were some struggles, even in my current co-parenting relationship. But overall, I had a lot, a lot of learning. And I learned to incorporate some, some things in my life that truly had such a massive impact on me, my mindset, my relationships this year. That what I have done is I have put this together, what I have learned into a program that I am launching for you in January. It's called the nine habits to a redefined you. And this program opens for registration on July or January, January 4th and starts in January. It is a live 12 week program where I am going to run you through the nine habits that I adopted into my life that truly made all the difference. It's hard to make change. It's hard to look at ourselves and want to make change. Change makes us feel uncomfortable. Change makes other people feel uncomfortable. But what we realize in life is that there are so many things that are out of our control. And the one thing that's in our control is ourselves. But of course, How do we do this, right? It's so hard to make change. So that's what this program is about. It's about the nine easy habits that you can incorporate into your life right now that can allow you to be in control, allow you to pivot your mindset and to start thinking that life is not happening for you. And it is happening for you, not to you. And if you think that way, everything will change. I promise. It changed for me, and I want to teach you how it changes for you. So what I want you to do is go head over to my Instagram, go click the link in my bio, and get on the wait list for the nine habits. This is an exclusive program. Spaces are limited. Registration opens on January 4th, but I really want you to be part of it. I want to show you how you can finally be in the driver's seat of your life. And let's do the first 12 weeks of 2023 together. So today, I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm so excited because the divorce space, as you know, for me is really an exciting space. I love that we are at the beginning 
it feels like of leading the charge in changing the experience of divorce. And today I have a really big guest. I mean, if all celebrities are celebrities in the divorce world, she is one of them. She is huge. And I'm so, I'm so inspired and humbled that she said yes to being on this podcast because she's saying yes to all of you to share her words of wisdom and her inspiration and her leadership and guidance because she truly is a game changer in this divorce, co-parenting, redefining who you are space. And I'm excited, excited for you to meet her. Michelle Dempsey is a certified divorce and co-parenting specialist, a best-selling author, educated educator for divorce coaches, and top 1% podcaster. See, told you she is a big deal. She <laughs> is widely known for her ability to inspire and empower moms through their divorce and co-parenting journeys. Michelle has a passion for putting the child first in the divorce process while helping everyone she reaches feel supported and empowered. Her unique perspective on divorce and co-parenting has helped thousands of women find the permission to move on confidently after divorce as they move toward a more intentional and holistic co-parenting experience. Michelle has worked so hard to solidify her place as a thought leader in this divorce space with her best-selling book, Moms Moving On, real-life advice on conquering divorce, co-parenting through conflict, and becoming your best self. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to have you. And I'm so excited that uh, you're here to share your story and your words of wisdom. And I truly do feel inspired and empowered even being part of this divorce space because mm -hmm. I feel like people like me, especially people like you, like we really are leading the the charge to changing this experience. And I know I feel like we're at the beginning of this movement. And if we were to look back, you know, five, 10 years from now, I want to be able to think that, you know, like we, we started this, we started this movement. Cause I have to say that five years ago, when I was going through my divorce, not a lot was out there in this way. And so mm -hmm. it just gets me excited that, you know, we are in this space of lifting and building each other up and supporting each other and changing that experience. So I love, I love what you're doing. Thank you. So let's, we're going to dive in, get started. But the first thing as I always like to do is, is to share a little bit about you and your experience. Cause every guest that I have on the show has experienced divorce in their own way. And mm -hmm. I think that that makes it really important to be part of this because I think that you can understand, you know, on a logistical level, the divorce process and what it might feel like, but you truly don't have that genuine empathy unless you've been in those shoes. And so that's what I feel really connects us to the people that we help in this community. So are you okay with sharing a little bit of your story yeah, and for your, sure. with us? Yeah. So um, I was separated when my daughter was two about six years ago. And back when I separated, I was already, you know, a quote unquote influencer and was writing for a number of publications about motherhood. And they were you know, very open to me shifting the focus of my content towards divorce and co-parenting because there was nobody really doing that yet. And that's when I think something clicked on social media for people. No, there were no accounts like divorce accounts. Mm -hmm. There just weren't. And so I, the more I posted about it and the more I saw there was a response, the more I thought, you know what, like we need each other. We need 
you know, young moms with little kids, the last thing you expect is to be going through a divorce. You're expecting to like start planning for your second baby or, you know, still be having date nights and being in love with your husband. And and here we are, this like random crew of mamas with little kids feeling so unsupported. So that's where, you know, I think my intention came from um, in sharing what I started to share on social media and sort of building this um, paving the way for people to follow suit in terms of creating a really strong voice on shifting the narrative on divorce. Um, And with that came a lot of learning and growing personally in my co-parenting relationship. I learned a lot about myself and the importance of taking accountability and responsibility and having the self-awareness to say, no, not everything is my ex's fault. Mm -hmm. And here's here's the shit that I need to own to be able to co-parent in a healthy and intentional way. Um, that was transformative for me. And that led me to everything I'm doing now. The The podcast came first. Um, the faster my Instagram grew and the more questions I got, I wanted to have a space where I could answer people's questions with the right information and not yeah. just call myself an expert just because I had been divorced. That's like a huge pet peeve of mine. But Oh my gosh, put, me too. Yes. <laughs> put my money where my mouth was and bring on the experts to speak to these questions. And then with that came people asking if they could hire me. So that's when I did all my certifications and got trained in this space. And then from there was, where can I buy your book? And I didn't have one of those yet. So <laughs> I put together the the foundation for moms moving on and went out and got a book deal. And um, since then, that was in 2019 or 2020, we've been, you know, we've coached thousands of women. We have courses, we have programs. We now actually just certified um, our first group of divorce coach trainees. We are in the process of trademarking the moving on method for divorce and co-parenting coaching. And it's a really unique training for people who don't just want to help women get through divorce, but also want to uh, help them put their emotions aside for the best interests of their children. And that's being trademarked as we speak. And I'm really excited about it because it's been a successful launch and we've sold out the next two trainings. And um, that's, that's where we are. Yeah. I know. Look at you go just making, you know, your your mark on the world in that space. And I think that you nailed it on the head when you said, you know, when you were going through it, there's not a lot out there. I mean, even for me, I was a little behind you in my divorce experience, but I didn't I didn't turn to social media for for that type of support and because it just really didn't exist. You know, when we end up kind of turtling ourselves in and going through divorce all by ourselves and we're feeling shame and we're feeling scared and we're feeling overwhelmed and we don't really know where to turn. So having those resources outside ourselves are so much now to be able to say, okay, now I can find this guidance because honestly, I think we need to get rid of this stigma and the shame around divorce because that's part of it too. I agree, but I feel like there's so many levels to that. It's it's no longer just the stigma and shame of divorce. It's become something else. Everybody on social media is attached to certain buzzwords because they know it's going to get them engagement and help their following grow. And so now it's shifted from the shame and, and stigma of divorce to, you know, my ex-husband is enter whatever personality disorder right. you think you've <laughs> yeah. classified him with. Yeah. And he shouldn't be with the kids. And I think it's the most damaging thing I've do- I've seen on social media, which is yes. why I created the training program I created. But I do think we're way past the the shame of divorce and we've entered like a new a new realm with that. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Like I see it still see it a, a lot. 
the shame and the guilt piece and the fear of not well, guilt is out, something you know? different. Yeah. yeah. I think that the guilt is a shame and guilt are two totally different things. And I think people confuse that, but shame and, and of getting divorced, I don't think people have shame. It's like, okay, I need to do this for me, but of course you're going to feel guilty for hurting somebody's feelings. Or if your child starts to have a difficult time being co-parented, that's, that's totally something else. And that's not something that can go away. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, we are naturally almost programmed to feel guilty about just about everything. Of you course, know? we do. And if we can use that to springboard positive action, you know, how can we use our guilt to make better changes and different choices? And then we can turn that into healthy and pro, you know, effective and effective feeling. Mm-hmm. So when you went through yours, I mean, how did you find the healing process for you? And what did you need to do for yourself to get you sort of through that fog of that fear and that, you know, the, the fear of uncertainty and, and the guilt that you had? I mean, that part doesn't go away. But how did you start to put yourself together, put the pieces back together to really move on? Because it does take a certain togethered person to even move on and be now where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. No, through that. Um, I think, you know, if I'm being honest, a lot of that work started when I was still in my first marriage. Like there was a, there was an overarching theme of like, this isn't probably going to work out. And so I, having been a child of divorce and knowing what that was like for my mom and myself as a child, I started to prepare myself for all of it. Like I, Mm. I didn't want to be left in a situation where I couldn't support my child or I couldn't pull myself out of bed. So I was in therapy. I was doing the things I was dealing with my anxiety. I was building a business. Um, I was in a different business before divorce coaching. And I made it so that I was earning enough of a living where if my ex-husband didn't give me a dollar, I'd be okay. And right those were the things I needed to put in place to help me feel empowered to leave. And then once the marriage did end, um, I, I, I drew a lot of inspiration from my mom. My mom didn't want her marriage to end. It ended because my dad was doing bad things and Mm. she was an immigrant to this country and didn't have family in the States. And she caught him cheating and was like, good riddance. Mm. I'd rather be alone and struggle than deal with this. And she was like the most badass. Like, I mean, (laughs) my, the the epitome of strength, like a Phoenix rising from the ashes, which I write about in my book, like that was my mom. And I'm like, you know what, if my mom could do it, I could do it. And that was really like, you know, I was very lucky to have her there and for her to like, talk me through certain situations. I had to talk her through a lot of situations (laughs) because she was bringing her own trauma from her divorce into mine, which was very different because my ex isn't a bad guy and hadn't done like a bad thing. And so, um, it was, it was an amazing experience, honestly, like thinking about how I got through it. I focused on my work. I focused on Bella I worked really, really hard. I was driven by this fear of like not being able to provide and not being able to live up to the lifestyle that we were accustomed to. So it was just about channeling my energy differently. Exercise was my lifeline, still Mm is. Um, Not even for aesthetic reasons, just for emotional reasons. Yeah, mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I needed that stress release and I'm a very anxious person. I succumb to needing Zoloft game changer when you're a single mom and you're stressing over every little thing, at least, you know, like you have something to take the edge off that helped me a lot. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's a little healthier than reaching for the bottle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually don't drink anymore and I'm very okay. proud of that, but yeah. not because I had an issue, just because just started to make me feel shitty. Like yeah. where I used to be able to have four drinks. Now, if I'm having one, I can't function for three days. So oh my I, gosh. Yeah. But I was very clear. I mean, I, I would have a glass of wine with my friends all the time, but I needed to be on my A game. I'm very hard on myself and I'm very like focused and driven. So there was no room for me to like, I don't know, not be in a space where I couldn't take care of my child if shit hit the fan, you know? So I wasn't drinking myself to sleep. Not that they're, listen, everybody's got to heal in their own ways. But for me, I, I, I knew what I needed to do for me. Yeah. And I think that's, that's super empowering. I think that we all kind of need to know what we do to for ourselves and not be afraid to do it. And I love going back, going back to what you said, you know, using your, your parents' divorce as a, as a real opportunity for you to prepare for what that could look like. You know, you didn't look at that and be like, oh, you know, I'm so victimized as being a child of divorce, but I'm going to prepare my life myself and get myself in hand in case this was ever to happen to me. I've never heard someone do that before. That is super, super empowering. Well, and I, you know, I I realized very quickly in my first marriage, all of the parts of me that were unhealed because of what I experienced as a child. And I experienced a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. and things that I never wanted my own child to experience. And all of it sort of came to a head in my first marriage. Like my Um, my neglecting of what needed fixing in my emotional world um, reared its ugly head in my first marriage. And I knew that like I had to be a better version of me in all areas so that I didn't do to my daughter what was done to me in my parents' divorce, you know? And and that's my driving force every day. And isn't that amazing how our relationships, you know, truly are a mirror to ourselves and bring up all of that trauma and the areas of ourselves that that need attention. You know, I totally feel that way too. All of the things that that I was in my my marriage, I'm I'm making a conscious effort to not be that same way. And yeah. I sometimes actually feel a little bit guilty because I look at all the changes that I've made and the way that I communicate now and the way that I process things and the way that I handle conflict. And I feel like, wow, I wonder what would have happened if I was who I am now then. However, yeah, I wouldn't be who I am now had I not gone through that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I, you know, had I gotten the emotional support I needed and was taught the coping skills mechanisms that I needed as a child, I probably wouldn't have ended up divorced, but then I wouldn't have ended up in my relationship with my ex-husband who I still love dearly. I wouldn't have my daughter. So there's so many, like, you can't look at it like that. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. You can never look at re- regrets, right? We, regrets we have to just look at as an opportunity to grow and learn and, and be different. So then let's, let's get into that. You say that you have a really good relationship with your ex-husband. So has it always been like that? And if not, no. how did you guys get there? No, I think what my problem was very <laughs> honestly, was I chose to separate. And then I I was fine with it. Like I was just like, <laughs> hey, let's be friends now. Like let's right. go get ice cream on Sundays because Gwyneth Paltrow and her ex-husband do that. You know, like I was, <laughs> and I didn't allow the space for my ex to be mad at me, which he had every right to be. I mean, I believe in every 
divorce, there's the person who's ready to move on and the person who's not. It's very rare where both people sit down and they're like, you know what? Yes, mm. let's split up our marriage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that like, for me, I had to accept my role in hurting somebody mm-hmm. and my ex did not come from a divorce background. So it did not feel normal or natural to him. He didn't know what to do because he didn't have the experience. And so once I took a step back and let him feel his feelings and I let him step into his role as single dad, I think the less I tried to control the co-parenting relationship, the less control I tried to have over there, his time with my daughter, I think that's when things became really great. You know, Mm. I- I had to look at myself and how I, I can be a micromanager and I am very type A and he's type B, C, and D, you know, but he's the most like hands-on incredible dad and seeing him for that, instead of just seeing him as my ex-husband that I couldn't make a marriage work with has changed everything. And I know for him too. Yeah. And that's one thing that we have to learn how to let go of people is that they will not be who we want them to be. We have to accept them for who they are and who they show us they are and meet them right there. You know, I think that's right. a lot of mistakes that we make as as moms too, right? Well, I think in as divorcing moms, you know, we blur the lines way too much. Like he was not a good husband, so he is not going to be a good dad. And, right. and I always say in a marriage, you may hate your husband some days. He may he might be the most annoying person or you might find him to be the most incompetent because he chews too loud and can never put his shit in the hamper, but that doesn't take away from his ability to be a father, right? So we have to look at it the same way in divorce. Like our adult relationship did not work out, but what are the things that this person can bring to my child's life that my child deserves to have? And it's sort of shifting the lens from that's my ex-husband to that's my child's other parent. Mm-hmm. And that's a big shift. And being able to separate yourself from that is truly when I think change and transformation can begin because we can start to see them for in a different role because they are a different role. You know, they are no, no longer your spouse, your best friend, your confidant, your, your partner. They're your partner in co-parenting this person and your, your relationship, yeah. your viewpoint, your perspective, even how you you treat them and speak to them has to change. Yep. So how do you go about, because I know you have a course, you have a course about setting boundaries with your co-parent. So what are some of the basic foundational things that you start to teach people about how to do this? Because I run into this all the time about, you know, that overlap, there's so much emotion still going strong that there's a really hard time peeling apart the layers, especially when you're, in the midst of it. I mean, I work with the most people that are literally just beginning the process or or in the thick of it. And being able to navigate the emotional side there is so hard from this person is, you know, we're we're battling it out for all of the assets and all the, you know, the emotional damage that's caused. And how do you separate that from what's important for the kids, you know? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, and that's the work with my clients is we do very simply we separate and say your ex's name is Joe. Joe, the ex-husband from Joe, the father, right? Mm -hmm. And so what are all the things that are pissing me off about Joe? Like, let's just get that out. He's a dick when he talks to me. He undermines my parenting abilities. He's trying to control how I parent. 
Okay. Now let's look at Joe, the dad. What is he doing for the kids that is good? What's he doing bad? Oh, there really isn't a lot of bad. Okay. So that's how we separate the emotions. And we do a lot of like taking the fears and worries and just hashing them out. We bring it to a worst case scenario. The worst case Mm -hmm. isn't always that bad. Um, But in terms of setting boundaries, that's one of my courses the, I think what people don't realize when they want to set boundaries with somebody is that the boundaries have nothing to do with the other person. Mm. The boundaries have to do with you and how mm-hmm. you're going to show up to people who make your life difficult and how you're going to let them influence your life. And the biggest boundary you can set is the one with yourself where you say, I'm done trying to change how people treat me because I can't change that. It's about how I'm going to process it, what I'm going to let it do to me, where that's going to hit and how. And and that's where I think, you know, the shift needs to happen in setting boundaries because people don't really realize that it has nothing to do with the other person and everything to do with yourself. Right. And that's so true. People don't realize that. They all look at this. this. Right. They take my course and they're like, okay, so how do I get my ex to stop doing this? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, you don't and you can't. And if that's what you're looking for, then, you know, go, go somewhere else because- that's just not how it works. It's about us. And, you know, there's many instances in my life with my child's dad where I could let him piss me off and I could engage and I choose not to. And that's my boundary. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for him. It's just learning, you know, like where you're going to let somebody take your energy to. Right. And as you learned that about yourself and you started l- letting go of control in certain ways and setting boundaries for yourself, you know, from usually from a loving place, because boundaries aren't barriers and people can get that confused too, right? Boundary isn't cutting off a life supply. It's actually opening it up in a in a better and healthy way. When you started doing this, was it a slow process of the two of you and your ex-spouse getting back on the same page? Did you have to have some hard conversations or did you just start changing your way and he started responding yes. or, or accepting you different? I had to change my way. Mm-hmm. I had to say, okay, like in our marriage, it did not work when I was micromanaging or insisting I knew best, you know, for my ex's personality type, like that was never going to work. And I had to really learn where I was triggering him and what buttons I was pushing and find a new way not to do that for my own sanity and and for like the well-being of our child so that we could have productive conversations. I know that my ex is better at me in certain areas of parenting, just like he knows certain things are my wheelhouse. And right. we defer to each other on those things now, which is really great. That's really like he'll powerful. be like, I don't be- Bella, that's a mommy thing. Go ask mommy. And I'm like, <laughs> you you want to go on those roller coasters? C- call your dad. Like, you know, like we have our things and, yeah. and it's I love it's that. I love that because now you no longer are also in competition for time, no. you know, or experiences with each other. And that's a true sign of healing. Oh, no, there's definitely no like... Of course, in the beginning, like, I'm like, oh my God, is she going to want to be with him more? Cause he's so fun. And is, you know, his fear was, is she going to be with, want to be with mommy more? Cause she's two and mommy's all she's attached to. And I think we did a really good job of kind of, a, I let him be the parent he needs to be. And he lets me be the parent I need to be. And we're very different in a lot of ways, but our overarching like values, we want her to be respectful and kind and work her butt off in school and treat people with the like 
with the golden rule, like those overarching themes are the same in both homes. And that's kind of all you really need to, to co-parent well. Yes. And getting there is so key. And I think that having that, that big picture instead of all the small things, which can really become overwhelming. I see that all the time. And I want to talk about um, a post that you did that I think is pinned on your main page about, you know, your time. Because I see a lot of parents, you know, they are in competition for time. They are competition for certain amount of days or percentages or, or he's not going to take her on my time or she's not going to have him on my time, you know, vice versa. And we do get caught in this. I mean, I got caught in it too at the very beginning, right? When you're trying to sort it out. But over time, putting your child first in what they need is is the first step in letting that go. So how did you let that go? Because I love that post. That is so, it, I think it what hit like 2 million people. It was like a, a big, you know, it hits deep. Yeah. And of course, there's the people who will come in and say, but my ex is a narcissist. And I'm like, but your child still deserves a relationship with their other parent, you know? Yes. But anyway, um, I, for me, so flexible co-parenting is really important to me because co-parenting, has nothing to do with the adults in the situation and everything to do with the child. And, you know, that video was about my ex getting tickets to, so um, him and my daughter love soccer and we live in Miami and there's a big soccer stadium here now. And, and he got season tickets and it so happens that all the home games were on my weekends. And if I were a different kind of co-parent and this were six years ago, I would have been stomping my feet and like huffing and puffing. I still wouldn't have said no, but I would have been really pissed about it. Mm. But me taking a step back and saying, these moments for my daughter with her dad are so sacred. And these are the things that she's going to grow up remembering. She's not going to remember whose day it was. And she's not going to give a shit for that matter. She's going to say like, oh God, my dad and me, we had, we loved soccer and we always went to these games. That almost makes me cry because I didn't have that as a child. I didn't yeah. have, I don't have good memories with my dad and I was abandoned by mine. So my mindset is please do these things. These yeah. are the things that matter because kids don't remember the days or how many times they were slept at your house versus the other house, but they remember the experiences. And we only have this little kid for so long. She's growing really fast and pretty soon she's not going to want to do anything with either of us really. So <laughs> yeah. the more, the more we can allow for it, the better. So true. And I think that is so powerful because we also don't realize as parents, you know, that our, we don't want our, it turns around on us sometimes where the child might start to resent us for holding them back from doing something that they truly want to do. You know, my kids are 14 and 12 now. And so they sort of have more of a say in terms of what I want to do. And sometimes it can be hard in my old self, you know, a few years ago when I was still trying to hold on to all my time, you know, yeah, because I never thought my ex-husband was ever going to want 50%. I mean, I was 98% parent when he decided he wanted 50% out of the gates. I was like, my arms are being ripped off but of most my body. Of us, most of us, I went through that too. Mine was yeah. two years old and still in diapers. And I was still, like, you know, massaging her with lavender cream and putting her diaper on <laughs> yeah. before bed. And like, oh my God, like it was crazy, but like you want what you, <laughs> yes. you, I know I'm like, she can't, she can't sleep at your house. She's a baby. Yeah. But like she had to sleep at his house because I think what we forget is, you know, all these women like me and you will come out of the gate and be like, no, they only need mom, but it's because we haven't let dad play that role yet. And when yes. you do, when you do take a step back, 
and let this person step into the role, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to own it and kill it like my ex has, or they're going to disappoint you. And then you can say, all right, here's where we need to make some changes. But you don't know unless you give them that opportunity. The younger your kids are, they the more they need that secure attachment to the other parent. So yes. that's what I like to call the fuckery of co-parenting. Sorry for my language. <laughs> no, bring it on. I completely, completely agree. And I feel too in that in that way because I also didn't have a dad that was around a lot. You know, he worked out of town a lot. I feel that my relationships with men, other in my relationships in general, have been affected by that because I didn't mm-hmm. have a father figure, a stable, committed a bunch of other words, father figure in my life. And the one thing that I had to continue to bring myself back to was I didn't want this for my kids. I could fight them tooth and nail to have the kids more. Sure, sure, I could have, but I didn't because I knew I didn't want that for them. And right, and you don't want it for you. You don't want your Mm. children to hate you in 10, 15 years because you robbed them of an experience that they could have had with their other parent. Right. You know, like I often wonder, and I love my mother dearly and I'm very close to her, but could she have made more of an effort to align my father and I, you know, now these days we have reunification counseling, which I am all in favor of and has been really transformative for a lot of my clients in allowing their children to reestablish a relationship with the other parent Mm -hmm. where in situations where it wasn't initially healthy, like had, had there been more of an effort made, like I don't know, you know, so. Right. Yeah, the more of that endorsement, right? Because I think in that generation, same as my parents, like dad just left. There was no dad's time, mom's time. Like he was gone and we were on mom's time and maybe he'd come and visit every now and then. Maybe he'd come and pick some one of us up and go out for lunch, maybe, or maybe not, you know? And now I feel like there is an opportunity to really share that relationship and give that to our children because they can benefit so much from having that father role in their life. And I know that there's lots of exceptions to the rule. There's lots of situations and I'm not at all endorsing it if it's a safety issue, of course. But on the grand scheme of things, I think that we do need to give dads an opportunity to be empowered Mm -hmm. and take that role. And yeah, they're going to fuck up. They're going to fuck up for a while and they're never going to do it like you. They're never and going they don't, to do it like you. They don't need to. And the truth yeah. is they were never going to do it like you in a in a two-parent home anyway, right? Yeah. Like we bring, we, we come into a marriage with two totally different upbringings. We were parented in different ways and we repeat a lot of those parenting styles. And so reminding myself that it was never going to be the same and it doesn't have to be. And like, my daughter is so good at knowing like, her dad is there for her in these ways and her mom is there for her in these ways. And you know, that's, it's made her so much more resilient. And yeah, I want to go back to that safety issue. Of course, if there has been evidence that your other parent is harmful around to be around the children and could potentially hurt or endanger them, go with your instinct, go with your gut and don't let anybody tell you otherwise, but you don't want to assume that they might be a problem if they haven't been yet. Mm-hmm. And you do see that a lot because of the fear of just, I don't think they should be with the parent because mm-hmm. they're really volatile with me. You know, and mm-hmm. like you said, it's a very different relationship. How how your ex-spouse might be with you may not be what they are like with their child because it's I say completely this, different. Yes. I say this all the time to my clients, you know, they'll say, can you believe he texted me this? How am I going to give the child to him? Well, he's pissed at you. 
So he needs that outlet right now. And you know what? I'd rather it come to you than come onto your child. So be the doormat mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And don't don't assume that your experience is your child's experience. Oh yeah, because it almost never is, right? right? And I, okay, let's get into that piece a little bit, like texting, communicating, because I feel like when you're married, your communication can be the shits, right? And sometimes you're making decisions, you're even though you're married, but the one person's making all the decisions. And for me, I was a 98% mom. I didn't often, and this was where I fell short. I didn't often treat it like a team. So I made decisions. I didn't often get his input for things. And he just let it happen because I was the mom, right? And so we didn't really butt heads on a lot of decisions because they were mine. Now in divorce, you're co-parenting. He now has a voice and uses it, (laughs) you know, and it goes against a lot of how I used to be. And communication can be really hard when people are starting to learn this of each other because now they they can and now they have roles to play and their true parenting is coming out. And communication can be really hard and, and just like that. You know, there's texts, there's there's emails that you say things that are horrible sometimes, or you are always in that place of, you know, exactly how to trigger each other. And you go right back to the old patterns of communication in this, in this zone, right? I think what people really have a hard time doing naturally is breaking the marital cycle of communication and codependency. Um, I think the term codependent gets a negative rap. I think in a healthy marriage, we do become somewhat codependent. Like we are Mm -hmm. existing. We are two soul, one soul and two bodies, you know? Right. So you get divorced and you, you have a natural way of communicating with this person or deferring to this person out of fear or tiptoeing around their feelings or feeling the need to answer them the minute they, they message you. And, and one of the things that we do initially in my coaching sessions or in my programs is we need to look at that cycle of communication your communication style, your ex's communication style. And we need to sort of like shift things around a little bit for you so that you don't feel like many women say, I still feel like I'm married to him. I should have just stayed mm-hmm. with him, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how are you communicating with him? Cause right. if it's the same way you did in your marriage, then of course you're going to still feel like you're still with them. Yeah. And it takes so much more work to learn how to communicate better because sometimes you just didn't have to. And now you truly have to learn better you communication have skills. To. Yeah. yeah, Which then, you know, is great in all areas, your new relationship, all of that, you know, as you move on. Um, you also wrote a little segment in, um, in parenting magazine about preparing for when you're dating and how to get into another relationship when you have kids. And so now that you've been down this road, I know that you're remarried, right? Yes. How did you get to that point? And then what was really important to you to make sure happened for your daughter? Oh God. You know, I think I'm lucky. I think because my husband is also a girl dad and a divorced co-parent at that, Mm. there was a lot of understanding. And so what I needed, I was, I went from being, you know, Oh, I hope he likes me to like, this is me, take it or leave it. I hope you fit in, you know? And, um, I was really, really, conscious of who I brought around my daughter and what the experiences would be for her with this person. I was fortunate to have an amazing stepdad. He was really, he became my Mm. dad for all intents and purposes. And I lost him when I was also young. And so 
I, I just, I, I hang on to how positive that relationship was. And I really broke apart. Like why, why was it so positive? And I remember it was because he was always there for me as a voice of reason. He was not there to nitpick and like control my day-to-day life. You know, mm-hmm. he loved me and he let me know that. And he did that by like knowing his place. And I needed somebody to be that way for Bella because I never wanted to be with somebody who tried to be Bella's dad or stand in place of her father. I needed somebody who was going to respect that relationship and respect that my relationship with my ex is sometimes going to be more important in the moment than my relationship with my current husband. Only a divorced person could understand that. Oh, yeah. Um, So that was really important for me. And somebody who understood that like, you know, if we were halfway to the best restaurant in Miami, all dressed up and ready to go, and I got a call that Bella needed me, that I was going to drop everything. And he's the same way with his daughter. So it really worked. Like, mm-hmm. for me, that was really important. But overall, I think the best advice is if you are dating after a divorce and you find somebody great, which I know you will, everybody listening, if you're careful and smart, you will take it slow. Like a lot, I see a lot of people rushing to recreate this family Mm -hmm. dynamic because Mm -hmm. they think their kids need it when they really don't. Their kids need to not feel like their relationship with you is threatened or being like taken over by somebody else. Don't need to recreate a family dynamic. You need to just bring people into your children's lives that they can trust and that feel safe. Um, and, and let it go slowly. I mean, took a long time before we were actually blended in this household. And I'm I'm so proud of the work that we put in because it's like manifested so beautifully. I'm in love with my stepdaughter in mm-hmm. ways that like I feel so grateful for and, and vice versa. I love her mother. You know, like there's a lot of respect for yeah. all parties involved here, but that took a lot of time. And I think that is what is going to pay off in the long run. You know, do take your time, make sure you set it up. I see so many people jump into relationships so fast and they just want to try to recreate a first family in a second family environment, which doesn't- people do that. Yeah, it's very self-serving. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. if I'm in another family dynamic, it's going to look good, it's going to feel good. But when it is forced and it's too fast, your kids will not respond well. That's that's just the- Truth and they that. want that time with you, you know, like yes. I've been repartnered for four and a half, four years, but I've never, um, we still don't live together. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit like, I need my space. I need my time. Yeah. But I think like for the kids, I don't get this time back and I only have them half the time. I want to be with them that time. I want them to be with me and know that like, this is mom. She puts us first when we are on her, on her time. I was going to say that with quotes yeah. <laughs> on her time. They, we just get her and yes, you know, her partner's there in and out sometimes, but it's really not about us having to not have that solid time with her and that we have to fit with, with this new person who they also really love. But I know that, you know, there's all, there's nothing but time for, for that, you know, in the future. It's so funny because, so my daughter was two when she met my husband, Um, And so for, for all she knows, he's always been there. Like she's not going to have a memory without him. Um, But it wasn't until much later that her dad met somebody. So like, she's always had Spencer, my husband in her life, but she's always had this alone time with her dad, one on time, one-on-one, like amazing time. And so when he met somebody, she like froze and I was like, well, what's the issue? Like, 
you know, mommy, mommy has Spencer and you're still the most important. She's like, I know, but like, I've always been the most important to daddy. And what if, you know, he, he doesn't know how to still keep me like number one. And I'm like, he's going to know, like, obviously he's amazing like that, but I can understand, you know, her feelings about that. And especially girls and their dads, you know, it's a very intricate dynamic there, but um, it's really hard. It's hard. You, you, you really like, you're doing it right. You want your kids to feel like they have all your time and attention. It's so important. So important. And how did it feel for you when your your ex-husband started dating and, and someone came into his life and took sort of that, you know, they don't take that mother role, but they fill that space. It's what they represent in that role, right? That, that impacts yeah. us. How did you feel? I, I was really excited. I really, you know, he, he didn't meet someone as early as I did. And all I've ever wanted is for Bella to see my daughter, to see that side of him in a relationship because he is so sweet and, and generous and loving and like cute for lack of a better term. And like, I wanted her to see that about her dad. And I also have like 4,000% trust in him and who Mm. he would choose to bring into Bella's life. Like he's, he's, you know, like a man of values and, and like, he's not just going to bring anybody around our child. So I had to sit back and trust in that. And, and I do, you know, he's Mm -hmm. not going to make decisions that are going to impact Bella negatively when it comes to relationships. Yeah. That's super positive. That's, that's very lucky that you have someone that is so concerned that way. Yeah. I, I really listen, like I said, I didn't get divorced because I was married to a bad guy, you know, it just wasn't Mm -hmm. the right person for me. Um, but in terms of dadding and, you know, my mom is always like, he's got the best values. You know, I'm like, I know ma, like he's, he's, <laughs> he's pretty great. <laughs> he's that, the best that, dad. <laughs> but I mean, that in itself right there, I have a lot of women that reach out to me and are on the fence. You know, I run this whole program for on the fence women and a lot of them struggle because they don't have that one defining factor that you don't need event, to, right? Yes. Right. Girl, I remember saying, because I was in the crossroads and the crosshairs of do I stay or do I go? And like, I I said to my mom, like, I wish he would just do what daddy did. Like, I wish he would just cheat on me and and give me like a reason, Reason, you know, but he was never going to do that because he wasn't that guy. Um, But I think we, we give ourselves these, we give ourselves permission to go if and when something monumental and concrete happens, we don't let just general unhappiness be reason enough to make the decision. Mm -hmm. And and that's unfair. Um, but I think more and more people are realizing that, you know, it's potato, potato in relationships. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And hopefully you're not leaving at the hands of an abuser or someone who broke your trust. I, I'd, I'd rather hear it was just, listen, we weren't a great pair. We've grown apart. Because um, I don't believe in that till death do us part stuff. I really don't. Yeah, I, I completely am aligned in that thinking as well. And I do think that we give ourselves or too hard on ourselves when there isn't that defining factor, we think, what's wrong with me? Or am I missing something? Or is this just a phase? Or am I going to get it back? Is there going to be a spark? Or there should be something more if I'm not, you know, is not good enough? You know, am I just, is it just okay? Can I get through this? And I think that you're right, we need to get ourselves permission to say, is this person someone that we really, truly feel authentically ourselves, genuinely connected to, completely in love with, peel back all the layers, you know, take away the kids, take away the lifestyle, take away the money, take away all of it. Is this person you look at and think, yeah, 
you're my person. You know, you get mm-hmm. me to my soul. Mm-hmm. And it's okay yeah. if you look at them and be like, you're great, but no, you're not that. I don't feel that for you. And that's okay. The worst thing I think people will say to a, someone who's unhappy in their marriage is, but he doesn't hit you and he doesn't cheat on you. So uh, why leave? And yeah. I think that is so unfair because those aren't the only two reasons that make a marriage unhealthy or bad or, you know, totally. So. Yeah. And I, I, in my situation, I had people say to me like, well, how happy are, how unhappy are you? I'm like, well, you know, it's like 70%, 70 to 80 good, but it's like 20 not. And they're like, that's, that's enough for you to leave. And I said, well, it's like, it's the 20%. That's the part that's like missing in my soul. You know what I mean? It's not all of the other 80% great things about how great daddy is, makes the money, works hard, da, 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 da. It's just about that that smaller piece that actually made a bigger impact mm-hmm. on what a person might need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's big. And I think that it's okay to feel that this isn't your person. It is okay to move on. And in fact, I think if you have that opportunity to uncouple or however you want to call it, then you have such a better opportunity to recreate a healthier co-parenting dynamic afterwards, because there isn't that big, huge event or that animosity or resentment or in the relationship that made it end. Yep. Absolutely. Do you think that was helpful for you guys to be able to get on track there? I think we both had to realize like I think I had to let my ex come to the realization that we were not good partners for each other. And that's definitely when things shifted. Um, I think for each other, we filled a lot of the good on paper boxes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I always talk about this on social media, like, you know, just because they've got a good job and come from a good family and they're really cute and treat you nicely. It doesn't mean that they're the right partner for you. And and with second marriages, it's like we throw that good on paper out the window and we focus on good for me, never mind the paper, right? And so right. that's that's a big part of it for a lot of people is realizing that like, what did I think was right for me? Why did I think that? Because society tells you like, you know, they've got mm-hmm. an MBA and a great car, like that's the one. It's <laughs> you, you learn a lot, but I think, I think we've redefined what our daughter's family looks like and we've, it's taken time and we've come to a place where, you know, we are a family just in two different homes and, and what's better than that, that she can have that from the both of us. Have happiness and love and really, truly seeing a role model of healthy, happy relationships genuinely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think that is sure. so huge. So what changed for you? What would you say in your journey on your experience up to now? I mean, it's still growing. It's still, tra- it's still changing. What would you say that are the biggest things, the biggest positive results that came from your divorce experience? Um, getting a grasp on where I needed to grow and heal. I would say the self-awareness piece that had to come into play. That has been amazing. Obviously, the way uh, things panned out and the work that I'm doing and the lives I've been able to reach and the co-parenting experiences I've been able to transform. Um, And also like the sense of, you know, like love my new husband dearly, but like Mm -hmm. the sense of if I can get through divorce and single parenting a two-year-old, I can probably do anything. And I feel really good about that. Yes. 
That's, that's so empowering, right? You can do hard things. And if we were in those moments that we were struggling or wondering how we're going to get through it, write all those things down. All What are all the yep. things that I've already done in my life that I've gone through? And you can yep. do that too. It's so empowering and inspiring. And I love that you've also taken that experience and really allowed it to be a springboard for change and for growth and opportunity in yourself. And you're really setting such a positive example for your daughter too. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for being here. I totally appreciate your time and all of your words of wisdom. And you're so brilliant in every way. Tell everybody how they can find you and what's going on for you that people might want to know about. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm michelledempsey.com or momsmovingon.com. It all goes to the same place. We have our pre-recorded courses. We have our one-on-one coaching options available with one of my fabulous coaches on my team. They're all trained and certified through my coaching program and through the certified divorce specialist training. Um, Our training is now a prerequisite to the certified divorce specialist training from the National Association of Divorce Professionals. So that's really exciting. If you have been told that you'd make a great divorce coach, you can come and take our training. Mm -hmm. It's It's a four day program, two and a half hours per day. Um, We also have Moving On School, which is a group coaching program. We take a small amount of women, it's over eight weeks, and we go through basically all the ins and outs of adjusting to divorce life, navigating the legal process, and uh, co-parenting. And what else? We've got the book, Moms Moving On, and the podcast, and all of the things. Amazing. All the things, all the amazing things that people people need. So thank you so much for all that you do in providing that support for them. I feel that it's it's so game-changing. And so many people who are going through divorce, who will go through divorce, can truly have a different experience than maybe even you and I had going through divorce. I feel like Absolutely. this is the movement to that. And, and you're a testament to it. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you for being here. And thank you Thanks for all for that you do. Me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for listening to Divorce Redefined, changing the experience of divorce. We hope Cindy and her guests were able to put your mind at ease and help you make the right decision for your marriage. We wish you a beautiful week. All of us know that it is next to impossible to make rational, logical, and even smart decisions from a place of fear. Most times, if we are in a place of fear and uncertainty, we won't make a decision at all. Cindy supports many individuals and couples at this stage who have been unhappy and unfulfilled, who are either currently in the process of divorce or just only contemplating the idea of separation. Cindy's clients are wise and brave enough to realize that they need to know more before they are able to make such a big life decision. Working with a divorce coach at these stages is the smartest investment you could make for yourself and your family, and it will almost always set you up for a better outcome, whether you choose the path of divorce or not. There have been many individuals and couples who have decided to give their marriage another shot after working with Cindy. 
As a divorce coach, certified divorce specialist, and qualified discernment counselor, Cindy is an advocate of healthy relationships, whether a couple chooses to separate or try to stay together. She provides new insights, education, guidance, emotional support, and understanding of the many possible options for both individuals and couples who are on the brink of separation. At the end of the day, as Maya Angelou once said, when we know better, we do better. This is exactly the focus and purpose of working with Cindy. Are you considering separation or currently in the process of divorce and feeling overwhelmed, afraid, and confused about what this means for your future and that of your children? Do you want to make the right decision without regrets? Why keep waiting? Book a free confidential discovery call with Cindy today. Text DIVORCE to 604-200-6446 or email info at divorceredefined.ca.